How many of you guys are ready to hear the Word of God tonight? See what he has to say. Yeah, a few of you guys, that's good. Uh, I love this book. Oh, so known as the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be good to know. So I love this book, and I believe this book is the only book that brings life because the author is still alive, and he's awesome, and he's everything to me, and he means everything to me, and he is my best friend, and uh, I tell you, whenever you open up this word, it just brings life, and it changes you. And so my prayer today is that as we open up the Bible, as we go back into our study, that God will change us from the inside out. Uh, if you are, have not been with us for a while, or this is your first time, we are in a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Luke, and we've done this for a little while. We're now in chapter 8, and for the last few weeks, we have been in a sermon series within a sermon series, uh, and that is called, we call it a DTR, Define the Relationship. And we kind of have been talking about friendship in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 8. And so we've kind of covered the first 16 verses. Pastor Tommy did that. He did an outstanding job and really great on friendship. And we're going to take three more verses tonight and cover the rest of what we want to throw your way in regards to friendship. And I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. I believe it's going to be uh, good and I believe life-changing. So I'm going to be a little shorter I'm going to be about 15 minutes, um, and it's intentional so that you guys can really spend some time in your small groups uh, as we talk about it. Is that okay with you guys? All right, let's dive right in. So far, we're in chapter 8, and what we have covered so far is that Jesus has been going through every city preaching the gospel, and he had a lot of women following him around. We talked about the fact that actually back in the day, uh, women were not as highly seen as men, and so Jesus in the gospel really elevated women, which was really cool, and we saw that here too because he had women and men following him. We also learned about the parable of the Soa, and we applied this parable to the idea of friendship. And now we pick it up in verse 16, and where Jesus starts another parable. And if you have any kind of Bible, you probably have a, um, a heading over it. And my heading read, The Parable of the Revealed Light. And so what I want to do is I want to take these three verses that are really speaking about light and apply them to friendship and, and apply them to the fact that, you know what, let's reveal some things about our friendship. Because if we can see in the, in the parable is that it's going to talk about things that are hidden are being revealed. And so I'm going to hope that we're going to reveal some things in your friendships that will help you and maybe even some things that you may say, you know what, I have to change that a little bit. So verse 16, no one when he has a little lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Now, we shouldn't have any issues with that. That's pretty straightforward, right? Everybody understands this. When you have a light and you turn it on, you would not hide it. You would make sure that everybody can see it so that everybody can see the light. And then it goes on to say, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. And again, my prayer is that in your friendships, there's going to be some things that are going to be uh, coming to light as we're looking at the whole concept of friendship. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him, more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Again, my heart is that your friendships will be tested and evaluated a little bit tonight as we talk about this. So if you guys are ready for that, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts on friendships. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are in this place, that your word is life, and that you're going to bring life and speak life to us tonight. Holy Spirit, I declare my dependence upon you, and I ask that you would remove me from behind this pulpit, and that you would speak through me to us tonight. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, let me just give you a couple of thoughts on friendships. But before that, let me ask, does everybody have a friend in here? Can, can you make sure, like, do you have a friend? 
Any, it, can you raise your hand if you have a friend, please? Raise your hand if you have a friend. If you do not raise your hand, I'm going to sit next to you all night long because I'm going to be your friend. So, uh, Miss Janie, okay you, okay, you have a friend? Okay, good. Okay, just making sure. Everybody else over here? Because I will sit next to you. Okay. Oh, you got a friend? Okay, good. Okay. So, how many of you guys have more than one friend? How many of you guys have five friends? How many of you guys have like 10 friends? And how many of you guys, like everybody is your friend? Okay. And then last question is, how many of you guys have imaginary friends? See, this is scary right here. I had the same response in junior high. That's just weird. So I was talking with our junior hires, and uh, he's in sixth grade, and, and he was saying that you were talking about imaginary friends. And he was like, yeah, you know what? My problem is my sister took all the imaginary friends. <laughs> I was like, what? Anyway, so, you know, junior hires is just weird. But apparently some of us have imaginary friends. So let me give you thought number one on friendship. Friendships are forged over time. In other words, they don't just happen. They, they have to be built and they have to be forged. As a matter of fact, you know, sometimes we have this whole idea of, I'm just going to go make friends. You don't just make friends. I mean, it takes a little bit more than just, you know, walking in a room and saying, hey, I'm going to be friends with you. That happens, however, when you're younger. You know, when you're like five, you can make friends with anybody. My daughter goes to the swimming pool and she comes back with five new friends. I go to the swimming pool and I just swim for half an hour, but I didn't make any new friends. So it's just, you know, it changes a little over time, but generally speaking, it takes a lot of, out of work. When I walk in a room, like let's say this was my first time here at 5979, and I'm walking in, and my goal, honestly, walking in this room would not be to make friends. My goal would be to make some connections, and out of those connections, to see whether I would want to be friends with any of the people that I just met. But I'm not, my goal is not, my primary goal is not to make friends. I just want to make some connections and see what's going, see whether Jason is okay or he's kind of weird. You know, I want to kind of figure this out. And then I will decide whether I want to be his friend or not and whether I want to really invest in this. Because you know what? If you want to have a really deep friendship, you're going to have to invest a lot of time. And friendships are a lot of work. And there's going to be some fights, and there's going to be some strife sometimes, and that's okay that every friendship has that. And you're going to have to be willing to work through that. So friendship is a lot of work, so friendship is really forged over time. In Ecclesiastes, in Proverbs, I'm sorry, it says this, Proverbs 12, 26, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, the righteous here obviously would be kind of us as followers of Christ, and we should choose our friends carefully, because if we don't, they lead us astray. I had a friend when I was growing up in high school, and man, he led me astray all the time. It was terrible. We just, any time that we came together, we just, actually, it was me leading him astray and him leading me astray, so it wasn't really a good combination. But we did stupid stuff all the time. I remember one day we set a tree on fire. It was great. Actually, we just put firecrackers in it, turned them on, and then, you know, they exploded, and then we walked away, and then later on to find out that the fire department had to come and turn out the fire, and it was his fault. So anyway, the, the point is, like, you know, people just, you have to be careful who you choose as friends, and we really choose our friends, and we have to be careful. So one of your feelings is this, friendships are not made, but rather chosen, and are built over time. So I want to challenge you guys to choose your friends wisely. Now, how do we choose our friends? How do you get friends? I believe there's two basic philosophies when it comes to choosing friends and how we make friends, and I want to show them to you. Philosophy number one is this. Your friends are simply the byproduct of common interest. All your friends that you have are just simply the byproduct of common interest. And honestly, I fall mostly in this category. This is how I make most of my friends. And it sounds really sad, right? It's like so not relational, but, but it really is actually relational. So let's think about this for a moment. Pastor Aaron is one of my best friends. And uh, we, I, I did not walk in here 13 years ago 
walking in as we were on a recruiting trip for our school, and, and I got to preach here at 597, and then later on we got hired. But anyway, I did not walk in here looking around and thinking, ooh, who can I be friends? Oh, I like the guy on stage that's leading worship. I'm going to be friends with him. That was not on my mind at all. As a matter of fact, all I was thinking about is I got to preach this sermon, and I better preach it well. That's all I was thinking about. Uh, and the thing is, like, but because of us working together, we became friends because we have a common interest and we do a lot of stuff together. Now, it's not just that we have common interests, we actually have fun together as well, and I think that's really important uh, that you have fun together as well. Like, for example, last year we watched a lot of World Cup together because we both like soccer and we're gonna kick everybody's booties later on in soccer. I didn't know what to say there. Anyway, so, um, um, so it's gonna be awesome, but we, we have common interests and we have fun together. As a matter of fact, next to philosophy, I want you guys to write purpose because you have to have something in common, a purpose when you have and when you pick friends. And so for me and Pastor Aaron, we have a common purpose. Pastor Tommy and myself, we're, we're building our friendship right now, and we have common interests and common things that we have in common and that we have a purpose that we're going together. And our purpose, one of them is to obviously make sure that we have young people that are following Jesus and that makes uh, it easy to kind of come together and, uh, and be friends. So it, it is important that you have purpose. Now, the second philosophy is this, and I think you need both, just to kind of clarify that right from the beginning. Philosophy number two is this. Friends are a goal, and they're a search for. And this is the kind of people that say, you know what, I'll walk in a room, and everybody is my friend. I have no strangers, everybody. I love them, and I want to be friends with everybody. And you just, that's kind of obviously exaggerating, but you walk in a room, and you want to be like, I want to meet someone, I want to be friends with them right away. And if you don't, you feel like you failed, Right? Nobody's like that in here, right? Okay, let me, so let me ask. How many of you guys are more like, by the way, right behind that play? Play behind philosophy two, purpose uh, behind philosophy number one. How many of you guys are more like one? You're just like, all my friends are common interests. That's how I get my friends. Okay, how many of you guys would say more, you're like, no, man, I'll walk in a room and I want to make friends. How many of you guys are like that? And others of you, you guys just don't make friends. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, okay, good. Um, so... For example, let me, let me kind of clarify this, like with the second one, because my wife is a lot in the number two category. She really, she walks in a room, she's awesome, she's bubbly, and she just makes friends a lot more easily than I do. Again, I just connect with people, but um, sometimes, you know, you need to understand that you need to have purpose and play in each relationship. If you want your friendship to last, you need to have both. You need to have purpose and play. If you only have purpose, man, that friendship is going to fall apart the moment you guys don't have common interests anymore. It's gone. If you only have play... You're not going anywhere, you're just playing video games or playing soccer or playing sports and it's not going anywhere so it's gonna fall apart. If you really wanna have a long-lasting friendship, I believe you need purpose and you need to be able to have fun together. If you can't have fun with your friends, that's a bad sign. By the way, if you don't have fun with the person that you're planning on marrying, that's a really bad sign, right? <laughs> but if you don't have purpose and she's only hot and that's it and there's nothing else to it, then that's not good either. You need to have purpose and you need to have play and that's really, really important in all relationships. Thought number two on friendship is this, and this is really important for you guys to understand because I believe it's true and I'm gonna show this to you scripturally. Most friendships are seasonal. Most friendships are seasonal. Now that doesn't mean it's gonna be a short season, this could be a really long season. Some of you guys may have friends for 20 years, but most of our friendships are going to be seasonal, and that's not a problem. But it's good to understand because when they are seasonal and the season ends, then we need to understand that and, and that way we don't feel betrayed or like, oh my gosh, God, you know, you just totally failed me because my friends know no more. Let me show this to you because you guys are looking at me like that's not true. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says this, for everything there's a season. It says everything, right? Yeah. Does that include friendship? 
sure. For everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Let me show you just logically that friendship is seasonal. A friendship, for example, could be seasonal because you move. Think about it. How many of you guys have moved before in your life? And how many of you guys, as you moved, you lost some friends because of the move? Okay, I did too. I moved to America, and I had a really good friend back home, and we don't communicate as much anymore because we don't live next to each other anymore. So friendships are seasonal. Friendships could be seasonal because interests change. Now, if you have a common interest, and all of a sudden that interest is gone, your friendship may stop because you don't have any foundation together anymore. And if you don't have any common interest, then that's a problem. Again, when it comes to your future relationship with your spouse, you want to have lots of common interests. Because if not, your marriage is probably not going to be so great. You want to have some things that you can do it's like that you, can, that you have in common and that you can really hang out with. Now, a friendship, and this one is definite. Think about this one. There's, there's no debating this one whatsoever. Uh, a friendship could be seasonal because someone passes away. It's a little morbid, but it's true, right? I mean, so friendships are seasonal. I am not saying that every friendship is seasonal. I'm just saying that most friendships are Seasonal. And there's one friendship that I believe should not be seasonal. And that's the relationship with your future spouse. Right? So let's make that very clear. Divorce is not an option. And marriage is not seasonal. Marriage stays unless the one person dies. And of natural causes, not you killing them. That would be another thing. So obviously they're, they're not, that's not supposed to be Seasonal. Now, let me tell you something here. Let me give you a secret. This is why we are so big on courtship and dating and all these different things when we teach on those things. Because we want to make sure that you guys have a good foundation because we know that that is not just a seasonal relationship. That's for life. And you want to make sure that you have a good relationship when you start the rest of your life together with the person that you're going to marry. Does that make sense? So you want to be really careful with that because that person, you picked them, so you're stuck with them. So you make sure that, you know, you pick the right person. Thought number three, well, you're not really stuck with them, but um, I'm very thankful for the person that I'm stuck with, so I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm totally good. Thought number three on friendship is this. All friendships have a reason, and that can be good reasons or bad reasons. I remember growing up, I had a friend by the name of, his name was Stefan as well, but it was spelled with an F, not PH, like mine, and um, you know, I grew up in a home that was a little more strict when it came to movies and, and just different things. And we just, you know, we, we were raised in a Christian home. And so I had that person that I knew that I wanted to be friends with because I knew I could go over to his house and we could watch whatever we wanted and we could do just pretty much anything because his parents were always gone. They were working. They were both full-time workers. So, you know, I picked my friend for a reason so that I can do whatever I wanted. See, we all have reasons why we pick friends, and I want to challenge you to check your reasoning for picking certain friends in your life. And they better be good. They better be good reasons and not the reasons that I just mentioned. And some of you guys, you have friends like that, don't you? And you pick them for that reason. And some of you guys, you are those friends, and you can do whatever you want in your home, and that's not, this Jason, I knew it. <laughs> Jason is awesome, that's why we're picking on him. Um, it's great when interns are calling each other out, that's always a good thing. So. A couple of things that would be good to have reasons in your friendship. Some, some of you guys, you have um, one of the reasons that you have a friend in this way is you want, it, you want them to be called to know Jesus. Call them to know Jesus, and that's really your purpose in befriending. Like, I'm not saying you can't be friends with a non-Christian, by the way. Um, I think it's good for us to have friends that are non-Christian, but that friendship can only go so deep. And here's the reason why. 
because you are missing one key ingredient, and that is your faith and your relationship with Jesus. And I can only go so deep with someone that doesn't have that because there is a disconnect at one point. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be really close friends with someone, and it doesn't mean that I can't use my friendship to introduce him to Jesus. So some of you guys, you have friends, and you really have that to introduce them to Christ. Uh, friendships, another reason for friendships should be to challenge one another, right? I want people that challenge me in my, in my walk with Jesus. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so another man sharpens another man. I think it's good to have those kind of friends that challenge each other. To counsel one another, that's another reason why we should have friends, to counsel one another, to care for one another. It's kind of nice when you have someone caring for you and when you're going through a hard time, right? You want to have friends like that. To comfort one another, that's another one. To criticize one another. I don't know how that one made it in there. That's not right. Scratch that one out. We shouldn't be really criticizing each other, right? You guys don't pay attention at all. You're like, yeah, that sounds good. Amen. Let's criticize each other. <laughs> okay. Constructive criticism could be good and, and saying, hey, you know what? If you're like, you care enough to confront, you care enough to say, you know what? you got some things in your life that you might want to think through. But to constantly criticize your friend, that's not a friendship. That's someone that you don't want in your life. So obviously, that you can just scratch it out. That was just for fun and to see whether you guys were paying attention. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, verse to 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. See, every friendship has a reason, and I want to challenge you guys to look at your friendships and make sure that they have good reasons. I want to surround myself with people that know Jesus better than I do and will challenge me, and that together we can advance the kingdom. Now, here's the deal. Let me just give you a bottom line in regards to friendship, and then I'm going to give you some questions to discuss in your small groups. Here it is. Here's the bottom line of what I'm saying tonight, if you put that up on the board for me. Friendships that last the longest are the ones that have purpose and where there's the ability to also play together and have fun. And I believe that with all my heart. And that's really both philosophies that we talked about earlier. The philosophy one by one, common interest. Philosophy number two is really you have a goal, you want to have fun. And they both need to be married together. You need to have both. Again, if you think through all your friendships, if it's just purpose, if it's just play, it doesn't work, but you really need to have both. And honestly, if you err on one side, I would err on the purpose side versus the playing because purpose gives you a better reward. And my purpose in all my friendships really is I want to help someone. I want to add value to someone's life, and I want to add value to people in the sense of bringing them into the kingdom. Amen? Does that make sense to you guys? So here's what I want to do. I want you guys to go into your small groups and think about your friends. And here are your six questions. The first one is this. Who are my top five friends? Again, if you only have two or three friends, that's totally fine. You just write down your two or three. If you have more than five, then just limit it to the top five. So your top five friends. And then I want you guys to think about how did these friendships start? Did they start by common interest as a byproduct? Or did they start because I walked in the room, I saw that person, I thought they were cool, and I wanted to be friends with them. And then that way you can kind of see where you actually fit in which of the two philosophies. Number two, what is the purpose for each of the friendships? Why do you have these friends? What's the reason? And for some of you guys, that's going to take some thinking through this because you're like, I've never thought about why I am friends with that one. We just met, we kind of, you know, just clicked, and, and we're friends. But do we actually have a reason? I want you guys to think about this because it's important. If I didn't have a reason to be friends with my wife, then that's kind of a problem, right? Yeah, that, okay, never mind. So, uh, number four, um, do I need more purpose 
or play in some of them? Which one, you know, are you missing? Is there some way that I should be friends with it? I'm not. See, when it comes to the whole, like, picking friends, sometimes we pick all the loud and bubbly people because they're always loud and bubbly and everybody wants to be around them. And we forget the ones that are a little quieter and more shy and we overlook them. And I think it's important that we look around and say, you know what? Maybe I need that person in my life because we need people in our lives for a reason. And sometimes those people that are not like us can teach us some things that we really need to know. That's a good place to say amen. amen. It really is. Think about it. You need some people that are not like you because they will challenge you. Because if they're all like you, you all think alike and then there's no challenge. So you need some people that can challenge you. Lastly, do I need to invite someone into my friendship circle? Like, I, I want to challenge you guys in this because we obviously are a youth group, and one of the ways that you can tell how mature a youth group is is by looking around and seeing how they react to visitors and how they react to guests. And you can see what they do. Do they all just kind of stay in their own friendship circles, or do they reach out? I would love for 5979 to be a youth group where when someone else walks in for the first time, like, they're almost overwhelmed by the amount of people that are coming up to me and saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, it's so good to meet you. Can I, can I invite you and can I, can, I, you know, can I bring you over and introduce you to some other people? That they feel so loved because I believe that's what Jesus would do. I think if you were to walk in a room with Jesus, Jesus would be in the room and he would make sure that he would greet you and would go up to you. And, and I would love for us to be that kind of a youth group where we are um, not exclusive, but we include anybody, even if they're not the people that we would usually hang out with, especially then sometimes it's good to just say, you know what, come on over. Let's have some fun and hang out. Does that make sense to you guys? So I want you guys to process that. So here it is. We're going to break up in our small groups tonight. I want you guys to process through those questions. And then uh, when your small group leaders are dismissing, you guys are dismissed, and we'll start uh, about 15, 20 minutes after that time.